Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Hello, Captain. How are you? Hi, Tracy. I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How can I help? So, this is from Arthur Arthur G, sorry. My wife pushes me to divorce. She wants me to move out from the property we own joint mortgage on equal rights. Yeah. So she can live with the kids and wishes to start a new life with someone else. We have two kids, 15 and 11. My 15-year-old daughter wants to live with me, whereas my 11-year-old son wants to live with his mother. Sadly, she has lost the job and doesn't work, so she's not having any income. She still wants me to move out when I'm the main provider for all the bills, mortgage, food, etc. She doesn't agree to sell the house and split equity. She also doesn't agree to buy her to buy her out and take over the mortgage by me. Um, I also asked her for contributions towards bills and mortgage, which she shares, but stating it's my legal duty to pay for everything and she doesn't feel obliged to pay anything. Um, what, am I, what options do I have and how do I deal with this? The marriage broke down two years ago, but they're still legally married. Okay. So I think the first step number one is to go and get a one hour's consultation with a family law solicitor so that you can understand exactly what your obligations are in terms of looking after the family and also what your financial entitlements are. So what you are entitled to walk away with. Um, Once you have that information, I would then recommend mediation. Sometimes, um, you know, it can be lost in negotiation between the parties and it can it can have the opposite effect what we want to achieve in that it can create more animosity between the parties. So I think if you have the information, you come at it a lot more prepared and you can then negotiate and, and with a lot more confidence, but use mediation to assist. If mediation doesn't work, breaks down, or she just doesn't want to attend, then your only option is to go to court. But at least if you've taken that advice, you then know what you're asking the court for. You know the the order um, that you're asking the court for. Okay. And just a point about the children here, just in case there's anyone else like this. Yeah. So they've got two kids. Yeah. One child wants to live with one parent, one child wants to live with the other parent. I mean, at their ages, the court will probably listen to that, but... What's the sort of, what, what I'm trying to ask here, if people are in that situation with, say, younger kids, yeah. do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, generally, although they're at an age where their views will be listened to, um, generally the courts like to keep siblings together. It's one thing when parents decide to separate, but when siblings um, are looking to do the same thing, the court aren't always interested in that. It happens where the court's not involved, but if they do end up going to court about the children, there's every chance that the court will ask that the children are kept together and may even order that. From a financial perspective, if they have one child each, essentially, then there will be no... um, 
there will be less of a reason to move away from 50-50. Because you know how I always say one of the factors that we look at is who's got the responsibility of housing the children and then they may get more of the equity in the property. Of course, if you've got one child each, then you're both on an equal footing. Now, Mm -hmm. that's good um, in terms of a financial position, but of course, we can only divide what we've got. So if both of you are looking for 50% and that's still not enough to rehouse, then it could be that they're making the problem slightly more difficult. Um, But it it will have an impact on finances, definitely. Okay, that's fine. That's that's great. And uh, thanks for that, Tracy. No worries. Thank you for asking, Captain. Speak to you again. Bye. Speak to you again. Bye. Bye. Right. Moonshine, you made it up to the stage. Well done. How is it I can help? One is that I've been through mediation. Yeah. And it came to a standstill. My ex-partner provided all of his financial information, but he refused to provide his borrowing power. Yes. Um, He wouldn't... So mediation couldn't continue and they wouldn't work with us anymore. Um, I received a breakdown of um, our financial positions, a, a sort of table that the mediation company had provided. Yeah. And I provided that to my solicitor at the time, but I, I'm no longer using that solicitor. Um, but to date, I've never been informed what I'm legally entitled to. Um other than 50-50 is the basic that they start from in terms of negotiation. Yeah. Um, but no one, no one's actually sat there and gone, this is what you could expect or this is a good offer. Yeah. Um, we're now at the point where I have applied to go to court and we have our first hearing on the 1st of February. Um, but I was listening to your, um, your show last night and yeah. you'd said everyone should find out their position i just wondered how i can go about that before court or is it too late now never too late never too late at all to to find that it's only too late if you've signed a consent order financial consent order because then you can't go back on it um Mm -hmm. you 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 sometimes have to push a solicitor to give you that um some solicitors are a bit nervy to tell you what you are entitled to because if you don't get it then they feel that you know well you're going to come back and blame them yeah. You can advise anybody on what they're entitled to based on what they tell you. And then okay. as the parties start to provide more evidence and more financial disclosure, the advice changes. Because mm-hmm. on, on initial consultation, I may give advice that you're entitled to A, B and C. But then if the other side provide me with a pension that wasn't worth as much as we thought it might have been, my advice to my client's going to change. So some solicitors will maybe want to wait until all the financial disclosures in and then give you the the advice. So my recommend. Yeah, but, um, sorry, I was able to provide everything except for how much he can yeah. get a mortgage, and that was that was I had everything else. Yeah. So so my recommendation would be that be very clear with your solicitor and say, look, I know that we don't have everything in yet, but based on what is on your desk at the moment, what am I looking to achieve? You know, it's not rocket science and we're never going to be able to tell you exactly, but we can certainly give you a ballpark because it's what we do. We, we do it every day, you know. So and, and most cases, even though people think that their case is very unique in family law, the general issues and problems that arise are kind of the same. They're just labeled differently and look a bit different, but they are all the same. 
So just just go back to your solicitor, perhaps, or whoever it is that you're dealing with and say, look, I know that we haven't got everything in, but based on what we have got, what am I entitled to? What should I be asking for? Otherwise, you're, you're going in blind. Um, well, and- yeah, so I'm representing myself at court now. Oh, um, right. OK. Well, then, so, so you do need to get a, a one-off consultation, definitely. OK. Yeah, I would, I would recommend that for sure. The, the other question I had was just about Form E that yes. I'm filling in at the moment. Yeah. And um, two things. One was the CETV for my pension. Yeah. Um, I obviously received that for mediation, but that was back in February this year. Yeah. Um, would would that be classed as too old for me to send in with my um, Form E that's got to be in, in December? Yeah. So we, we, it's, it's a judgment call because CETVs can take a long time to come through. Generally, yeah, we work I, on. Gen- I work for the NHS, so it takes quite. A yeah, while. that'll take months, three to four months. Generally, we we will work on a CTV that is three months old. Anything older okay. than that, you know, we're sort of raising our eyes and thinking, well, what's going on there? However, if you are, you can kind of work out how much more that pension's going to be worth from February by looking at your payslip. So if the other yeah. side are in agreement that actually the pet the CETV might have increased by four hundred pound, then sometimes you can get you can get an agreement where you don't need another CETV. We'll just work with the figures that we've got. Because he's not legally represented either, so he's representing himself as well. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't know because I've got the court made an error on our um papers and they put february 2024 and then we only got told this week it was a typo and it's actually 2023 and our paperwork has to be in by the 28th of december so we're in a bit of a mad panic at the moment to get um everything together so i know that i'm not going to get my CTV in time through the nhs yeah and it's going to cost it's going to cost me over 400 pounds to get it because it's the second one in the space of 12 months that i'll be requesting yeah um so i just wanted to check before i spent the money if that made any sense if i could ask them to take this one for now and if they want an updated one in february i can get a newer one then if that made any sense so you're asking the other side because the court, okay. if, if the other side's in agreement, then the court will also be in agreement. And even though you okay. don't have an up-to-date CETV, you can always use the next court hearing to um, agree on the issues that you can agree on. So, you know, what we call narrowing down the issues. So then we can focus on what can't be agreed. And it might be that we can't agree the pension share because we don't know what it's worth. All right? Fine. The right. other thing, sorry, very quickly, on Form E, it says unreasonable, but, um, yeah. for you to state any unreasonable behaviour. We don't. I just wanted to. Yeah, we we don't rely on that. We we don't use that right. anymore, really. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bother with that. Okay. All right. That's what I just right. wanted to check if it was if it was worth it or or not. Okay. Because there's a there's been domestic abuse in in the relationship, and I didn't All want right. to make aggravate anything if that made any sense. Yeah. No, I'd le- I'd leave that blank. It it won't affect the finances. Okay. Thanks. That's brilliant. Thanks All right. Bye bye. Um, Halty, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. My question is: yeah. Do you like Baileys? <laughs> I do like Baileys. Yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> I, I just saw them behind you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's all. Have a nice evening. You too. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs> right. AKP, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. I'm just. I'm going for my first hearing. Yeah. Um, and I've had a like a phone call from Kafkas, and I think my ex-partner's had a phone call from Kafkas to get the story. Um, and she's just put some allegations, or put you know, um, 
um, you know, being violent to the children, which um, the CAFCAS person said, you know, um, um, social services have told them that there's no, you know, they don't believe it or, you know, don't believe it, etc. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to know, do I get a report of what, what CAFCAS are going to send to to the court, will I get a copy? And what should I expect? Because this is my first hearing, and I don't know really what. Do I need to prepare a statement? Do I do I just rock up? I'm not really sure what what, what to do really. So, have, have Kafka's been asked to do a Section Seven report first of all? Yeah, I just got a yeah. telephone call, um, and that she was asking me what what the issue was and what happened. Have you? She mentioned the incident, and okay. I told her like, this, this have is you, what happened. Yeah, have you been to court yet already? No, 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 okay. Um, first so, in January. Right, so all that is, is what we call a safeguarding letter. All right, so CAFCAS will do a safeguarding letter that they will send into the court and they will speak to have a com- telephone conversation with you, as they have done, and with mum, and then they yeah. will send into the court anything that the court need to be wary of, so anything that would yeah. stop the court from making an interim contact order. But there is nothing yeah. more that you need to do you will now go to the court at your first hearing in January and you're going yeah. to ask for whatever it is that you, you want to ask for in terms of the yeah. contact. Um, so so all, all I want to ask was basically to say to them, um, I want my original sort of child arrangements in place. Yeah. Yeah. But however, <clears throat> however, I'm happy to be flexible on, on, on the school holidays. Yeah. Um, I mean, can, can I just say that to the court yeah. when, when I go there? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what the court will do is they will turn to mum and say, are you in agreement mm. to that? And if mum says no, they will yeah. list it for another hearing then. The court won't actually make an order okay. at the first hearing because they haven't got yeah. the power to. Um, but they will they will look to mum and find out her objections. And then, of course, yeah. that's where the court process starts. So then okay. whatever mum says are her objections, the court's then going to look to get more evidence before the court to kind of resolve those issues. OK, that's great. OK, All right. thank you. Great. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Lions, Jenny, you are next up on my list. About four years ago, yeah. my ex-partner signed a deed poll to change my daughter's surname. And he happily did that because um, he's never been in her life since she was born. Right. However, I'm just changing her passport now because I have a um, holiday booked in June. I've obviously sent them away my deed poll, um, her school report um, and a consent letter from me. Um, however, I've seen online that you need both parents' consent for the passport change. Is that true or...? I, I don't know because I don't do passports. I mean, if you, the better, that's a better question for the passport office, if I'm honest. Oh, OK. Sorry, I thought this was what you um, specialised in. Yeah, no. So passport, um, passport wouldn't form part of family law. So that will be a criteria that's specific to the passport office. Are you are okay. you are you going to struggle to get both um, get his consent as well or not? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Ah. He's completely gone MIA. Nobody okay. knows where he is. Like, so no contact information. So so yeah. if, if you if you contact the passport office and they say yes, we are going to need dad's permission as well, and you okay. can't get his permission, that's when you'd make an application to the court because the court's got the power to give the court's permission in the absence of dad's permission. Okay, so I think step okay. one: find out from the passport office what their criteria <clears throat> is. And then step two, you might be making a court application. But see first with the passport office what they want. Okay. All um, right. So thank you for that. Sorry. That's all right. No, it's fine. No problem. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.
Janet, you are next up. I'm going to send you an invitation. I was in the same sex relationship with yeah. two children yeah. conceived by sperm donor. My ex-partner has gone to see a legal aid solicitor yeah. with a foster mother. And I know the foster mother would have done all the talking on the ex's behalf. I'd like to know if the solicitor would have said, said to her, please be quiet, the ex is my partner, not you, so please be quiet because I'll be taking instruction from her. Um, yes, I mean, as solicitors, we don't mind you having a partner in with you, but ultimately we have to be taking your instructions. So every so often, I will get a partner that tries to take over and I will have to say, look, as much as I appreciate that you're here to support and help, I actually do need to hear it from, you know, this person because they are technically the client. So, yeah, a good solicitor will, yeah. That's absolutely amazing. You put my mind at rest and oh, you're good. doing amazing things for people. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for that. Good luck. Oh, that's Tracy. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, Husky Gamer, you are up next. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. I'm, I'm still currently in family law uh, court with the ex-partner. Um, we was going through a non-modestation and a C100, but because she's got no evidence to prove any accusations against myself, we're now going on the psychological uh, assessment against her. Now, she's had seven solicitors since March. Um, that's now been put on a back burner from the family judge. Uh, we're now in front of a district judge and we're now going for myself to have full uh, care of the children. Uh, but she's now asked for a intimate contact order, even though we're supposed to have social services involved and CASCAS, but we can't work out how we can still get her assessed for a psychological order. Um, because obviously her legal team have not supplied any evidence to, to aid her in court. So it just seems to be a vicious circle. Is there any way we can find a way around this to bring it back to the judge's attention on we think mum's unstable instead of it keeping kind of gaslight, gaslighted between people? How, how much evidence do you have to support that mum's unstable? What, what does that evidence uh, look know. like? Uh, we, we've we've gone from little outbursts where obviously we're no longer in a relationship where I can be in the local community and she can be ranting to members of the public. We're still in a romantic relationship to adult themes material uh, being performed in public to then she's acting quite scared of members of the public, whether she's with the one child in the care or not. To the point now she's basically just being pure abusive to the social worker, coming up with far-fetched scenarios what have never existed. Um, to the point now, the social services work which involved is now just basically constantly down crying uh, and thinking about leaving the actual role of, of her job. Um, it, it's a lot of far-fetched situations where yourself and myself and anyone looking in on this will go, obviously that isn't real, this, this is too far-fetched, it's too surreal. Uh, but when we question mom on, on this, she just ignores everybody, she's not replying to anybody. As now mom- what she's... I was just going to say, has mum ever been asked to um, de- um, to give any medical evidence? Has she ever been asked to provide any medical evidence from her GP with regard to her mental health? She did, yes, when the non-molestation order was being looked into. And was and that okay? Provided, well, it didn't cover anything, to be honest. It just says she was classed as rumble. Um, it was provided to myself and other court members, but the court had been losing the evidence. So every time we've had a different judge, I'm having to constantly repeat myself on what's being found. 
Um, her legal team, what should be providing this evidence constantly or not? Because she's being subcontracted to to other solicitors by the main one, what was supposed to be representing her. So, so anything concerning mum is, is not actually there. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to back her up. Then, then I think that you need to, if, if I was in your shoes, I would be keeping a complete file, okay? I wouldn't be trusting yeah. anyone. Because if the court are losing stuff and her law firm's all over the place and they're losing stuff... You seem to be the only consistent in all of this. So I would be keeping a complete file. And just before we go to court, I'd be sending the court a bundle. Whether you're asked to do it or not, I'd be sending them a bundle. So at least they have all of that information. I think the first step is you've got to get mum's medical evidence, up-to-date medical records, or at least a letter from her GP before the court. Because if we're going to be saying that mum's unstable and not fit to look after the children, then we've, we've got mm. to back that up with something. Well, what's, what's, what's put a spanner into the word, I'm quite capable of doing that and, and doing the chasing up and so forth, is now the stepdaughter who I've raised for six years, there's nobody on a birth certificate as a father, but the biological father has come forward after mum has broke a court order with contact with him. Now, he's also been brought into the same proceedings as a consolidated court case. Um, and now, due to his learning, he has been diagnosed as, as a schizophrenic. I think it's right terminology yeah. from at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there of sound mind. I'm like, I'm, I'm drowning here. Kind of, why am I here? Um, to the point the social worker now, what's involved with all of us, is she's absolutely disgusted in the court proceedings. She has no idea why we're doing what we're doing. Um, but at the moment, we're due in court on the 30th, and that's to see where we go from here. The last hearing was a directions hearing. Yeah. Um, but we're having a different judge. Now, myself and the social worker are concerned that nobody's actually taking positively. There's something quite not right with mum because she's got two former partners in court on similar charges and no one seems to be noticing this. Is, is there any way we can bring this to attention or is it the fact we just sit there and keep bringing it up? No, no, the, I, the think, I think a lot of people go to court expecting court to have the answer. Courts don't have yeah. the answer. Court will give you the order that you are looking for if they think yeah. the order is fair and reasonable. So if you are going to court, it means that you are asking for something. So ask them, tell the court what you want. You know, it may be that the court's trying to establish what everyone's position is. And of course, the court's not there to advise and to guide Um. and to point people in the right direction. So if you are the only one of sound mind in that courtroom, start putting your hand up and saying, right, this is what needs to happen. This is the orders that need to be made. They'll, they'll take guidance from that. And then, that's, of course... That's what, I, that's what I did on the court last great. court hearing. Because Keep the, doing the that. Hiding, she keeps hiding behind the curtain as if we're on the normal station order proceedings and she's a victim. Um, I did put forward, I want full residency of all three children, including the stepdaughter with me, because the biological father to my right-hand side, he's been told he can't go nowhere near the daughter since she, she's 18, so he's in court for some strange reason. And now we're questioning mum. So the judge, what was there looking at the district judge, he just didn't know what to do with this mess. So I think myself, it's just a fact now, 
what do is there any way I can still decline access to mum because the social worker's been in contact with me you're, yesterday you're just, you're just, conversation with mum. You're just going to have to put your position forward and it may be that it goes all the way to a final hearing, but I don't know how many yeah. other ways I can say it. Put your position forward. Let the, yeah. let the court know what your position is. If there's no agreement between parties, it will go to a final hearing and then the court will make a decision, okay? Okay, thank right. you, Tracy. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. You take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Hey, Sarah. Hi there. Hello. Um, well, I still own a property with my ex-husband. We've been separated 12 years, but never legally divorced. Yeah. Um, I have one biological child with him, and I also have another child of my own uh, that I had previous to getting married to him, who yeah. kind of classes him as dad, things like that. He still lives in a house that we own together. Yeah. And the agreement was that he would pay the mortgage for that house. And in return, he wouldn't need to pay any child maintenance, but he'd pay for things for my daughter or our daughter, as and when required. So school uniforms, school trips, things like that. Yeah. Um, the past six years on and off, he has completely failed and messed around with the mortgage payment. Um, to the point where it originally got taken to court three years ago and his parents paid off the arrears and it is now due to be repossessed in court again this Monday coming. Okay. And his parents aren't going to pay it off a second time, Um, which is understandable from their point of view. I totally get that. Yeah. My my main question is, first of all, is obviously I'm entitled to 50% of the profit from that property. Yeah. He didn't stick to the agreement we had, which was that he would pay the mortgage. Obviously, I live now rented accommodation because I can't buy a new property, so my rent's a hell of a lot higher than what his mortgage is. Um, and can I claim some of that back as no maintenance paid, even though I never went through child maintenance service or anything like that? Because, obviously, I mean, when I say about him paying the school uniforms and things, for the past five years, he's not paid a penny towards anything for my daughter. Um, and also, the other side of things, can I take, as I say, obviously, I'm entitled to 50%. Can I take anything extra from him for him not paying any kind of maintenance as such for his daughter? So maintenance is kept separate, Sarah. That's the first thing I would say. So he right. should be making regular maintenance payments to you through the CMS. And if he isn't, yeah. well, then you take that up with the CMS, okay? Right. If you can get some sort of um, you know, letter from the CMS, I have a client in the exact same position as you. She has been through all sorts of tribunals with the CMS, and she actually has a letter stating that her X is £4,500 in arrears of CMS. If we have something like that, we can then apply that in the financial proceedings. But it's all a little bit late because if Mm. if your repossession hearing is on Monday... In order to get a financial application before the court, you've got to first of all start a divorce. You you started by referring to him as your ex. He's not your ex. He's still your husband. Yeah, he's still my husband. So yeah. you, you've got to start the divorce petition first. That's the easy bit. I mean, you can do that this evening in about 30 minutes if you really wanted to. Yeah. But then after that, you've got to start a financial application. Now, is the house in joint name, Sarah? It is. Yeah. So your credit rating is also going to be affected by this repossession. 
massively. At, at the most, you, you're going to be able to get your 50%. But of course, if it goes into repossession, then they're yeah. going to sell it for nothing. All they're interested in is getting the owed mortgage back. So yeah. if, if there's any way at all of you... Um, you know, intervening in that repossession to say, look, I'm starting divorce proceedings. Half of this house is mine. Um, I need to be able to, to to take some equity out of it, you know, and buy yourself some time. It may be too late, though. That's what I'm saying. Now, yeah, see, the problem I've got with that is I looked into sort of forcing the sale of the property and the cost for me to do that up front was more than I could afford. And the, the problem I have is... Um, He's not a very nice person at the best of times, and I knew that it was it was too much for me to kind of take on and deal with. Me kind of kicking him out and all the rest of it would be kind of what I'd get it in the neck for. And, and you know, I mean, it was an abusive relationship as well, so I've kind of had to take a step back from it, really, for my own protection as well, to a certain extent. My daughter's now 16 as well, you see, so I don't think CMS would come anywhere near Because no. obviously, I never put an application in when she was younger. Yeah, yeah. Because of this agreement we had, and he, you know, as I say, the past five years, I've just kind of had to battle with him and, and things like that. He's not working, he's got addiction problems, and he's, you know, the, the house is probably in a state of disrepair, but I do know that it is... It is in equity. There is a good chunk of equity there. So, I mean, obviously, if I could sell it myself, then I would, yeah. uh, rather than repossession, because again, that just would make my credit score even worse. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, yeah. I think, Sarah, what you need, I and mean, like, if you want to action it, you know, it, it's entirely yeah. up to you. But I think you've got to step in. I, I'd start the divorce if I were you. That'd be step one. Step two, try to step in and delay those repossession proceedings. And then when you say the cost of getting an order for sale is too much, it would be 275 to submit your form A to the court and the rest of it you can do yourself. So if you know, if you've yeah. got that, you can get an order for yeah. sale that way. Yeah, so do the, the order for it. See, I was, I was kind of quoted a hell of a lot more than that. Um, I, I was... Uh, told that it would cost me about three and a half thousand pounds in total yeah i mean if solicitors are going to yeah. do it for you then yeah you are looking at a big legal bill mm-hmm. um because it's a lot of work but you can do it yourself definitely yeah. all right right okay yeah, that's great brilliant Thank you. all right thanks sarah bye uh, laurel you are next up um so i have a question relating to a child arrangement order last bill we had uh the court hearing the social services done a section 7 report um and they recommended that it should be supervised contact until uh, the drug test comes back negative um i think there was a bit of a miscommunication in the uh, court hearing so they've agreed for uh, my daughter to go to her father yeah um on this weekend from friday till sunday I agreed for it to be um, every Wednesday and every Sunday, 10 till 6, and that's what the social worker recommended. Um, however, it's been written that he has her from Friday to Sunday. I was just wondering, if I don't allow her to go Friday and allow, to, allow her to go Sunday, will that come back at me? First of all, is there a court order in place, Laurel? Let me ask yeah, you that. There is. And yeah, there is. And it says Friday to Sunday? Yeah. Okay. And also Wednesday, so like today, half two till half six. Yeah. Um, and you're saying that that's not safe because of welfare concerns? 
Yeah, so the social worker recommended it no, to no, be forget, forget, yeah, but so not for overnight stays. Yeah, forget what the social worker said, because the social worker has provided that evidence to the court and the court have ignored yeah. it. Are you saying that there's welfare concerns? Yeah. Okay. Have those have those concerns been tested by the court? Um, no. So how many hearings have you had? We just had the one. They didn't think it would go as smoothly as it did. But okay. I think everything was just thrown into that one hearing. And That's is it, why there's been so much confusion. Is, is it a final order or are you due back yeah, at court? Yeah, it was a final. That we had one hearing and that was the final um, order. So did you make, did you raise your concerns at court in that hearing? Yeah, I raised my concerns and they they, they agreed. Um, and I thought we agreed on the Wednesday afternoon and then the Sunday all day um, until the drug test come back negative and then he would have her for the full weekend. But until that drug test came back, which it hasn't come back yet, they said it takes 10 days and he'd done it the, um, last Wednesday. But on the court order, it states that he is to have her from this Friday to the Sunday. But me and the social worker both were a bit confused because that wasn't what we agreed on. Who drafted the order, Laurel? Um... I'm not too sure. Did he have a solicitor? No. Okay, so the court would have drafted it then. Um, yeah. You, you are in a bit of a sticky position because, you know, you, you have to abide by the court order. Um, and yeah. if the court have ordered Friday to Sunday, then that's what then that's what the child should have. However, if there's addiction issues and, you know, it was raised that he would do drug testing, then your option should be an emergency application to the court to vary this order. Um, so yeah. you, you, you may well want to not allow contact to go ahead on Friday, but you have to be seen to be doing something. So you might have to make, well, I, I would suggest that you would have to make an emergency application to vary that and the emergency okay, and how part. How do I do that? So you do that on a C seventy nine. The emergency part is the fact that if you allow the child to have contact as per the court order, the child will come to significant harm. Yeah. So she hasn't seen him for like four to five months due to um, the relationship being domestic and the social workers um, putting a stop to it. Um, but obviously, because he took he took it to court. Um, she obviously raised her concerns as well as me, but she's not, um, she's one, so obviously she's not verbal at the moment, she doesn't really have a say. She went um, Sunday, just gone, she wouldn't eat or anything, and she'd come back quite distressed, and that's like my worry with it all, that the she's thing not really is, taking it too well, yeah. and then her to be bummed in with a weekend, I think it's way too soon to... But Laurel, that's yeah, that that's gonna happen. Like it doesn't matter how old a child is, if they haven't seen a parent for four to five months, there is gonna be a period of transition. She's probably yeah, not gonna not. eat and, and everything else. So we can't we can't hang our hat on that. I'm more concerned at the welfare concerns that you that you wish to raise. I think that's your reason to get a variation to the order. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thanks, Laurel. Bye. Thank you. Can I just say this? Mumbun, I'll be with you in just one second. Um, if you go to court um, and you don't have representation, be sure to know exactly what's being said and exactly what's going on, all right? Don't trust the court to get the order ready. If if you think that the a, a particular courtroom can hear up to five or six hearings a day... Um, you know, it, it does, it can get confusing. So just be really sure you're agreeing to that. 
And if there's welfare concerns at all and you want those tested, do not agree to a final order. Okay, just don't don't, don't agree to it. Because um, you'll only end up back in court now like what Laurel will have to do. Um, Mumbun, what's your question? Hi, Tracy. Hello. Um, so I've got my first hearing next week. Yeah. Um, me and Dad had a good contact arrangement in place when we first split up. Yeah. However, my little boy, who is seven, refuses to see his dad. Yeah. Um, we've gone through um, negotiations by the solicitor and things like that. I've tried to encourage my little boy to go and see Dad, but he just refuses. We've had behaviour um kicking spitting punching trashing the house he's had a devap support worker um and kafkas have done the schedule two letter the safeguarding letter and they've recommended that if we don't agree to have child inclusive mediation yeah i just wondered if this is something that dad would have to agree to so he would have to agree to it because you can't force mediation. Mediation yeah. is a voluntary process. So absolutely, dad will have to agree to taking part in that. Yeah, it's a really good idea, by the way. But yes, everyone yeah. has to be on the same page and want to do mediation. Right. So if we went on, if we went to our hearing next week and we couldn't agree on the contact that we wanted and he um, refused mediation, what would be the next step there? Because CAFCAS haven't put any more recommendations on their schedule to the close the case. Well, then, then it would just go to a final hearing and the court would decide what the contact would be. Right. Yeah. So that it, it, would, it would be left to the court then based on the evidence that it would have before it to make its decision as to what's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank All you, right. Tracy. No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, Nicole, you are next. I'm just asking um, about what CAFCAS and the court can do in terms of... Um, so if CAFCAS have said that they have very high concerns for emotional abuse and alienation from the resident parent, obviously, to the child. Yeah. Um, so that's... And they've ordered for the child to have their own guardian. Um, and so I'm just sort of unsure of what goes forward from here. Sorry, so what's your question? Is it about the process or who's who? It's more of what CAFCAS do in terms of the alienation and emotional abuse, if they have worries for that, and then what goes on when you have a guardian involved. So the guardian will be two people, essentially. You'll have the, the, the person on the ground, which is usually a social worker, and they will have that, that direct... Um, direct connection with the child and they'll come out and speak to the family they will then report back to the solicitor who represents the guardian okay so they will then report back so the child will effectively have um, two people so they'll have the person that they actually speak to and then they'll have their own legal representative but those two people work closely together so I think if CAFCAS are suggesting that a guardian be appointed, it will be down to the guardian to establish if there's any emotional or physical abuse going on um, and to report that back. And what the guardian might say, because the guardian won't specialise in that particular area, the guardian might do some interviews and just some chatting to the family separately, together, I don't know, um, and then yeah. suggest that there's some more um, specialist third parties involved. So it might require See, some medical evidence or someone else to yeah. get involved. They've already spoken to quite a few family members because it was part of the Section 7. And then it's also noted in there that there's 
a sort of family intervention service, but they've said that they think that the situations have gone too far past that being something that they can consider. So I was a bit baffled when I sort of read it and I thought, oh God. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just then, but there'll be a resolve. No one's yeah. going to say, oh, we don't know what to do and just walk away. There'll be a resolve. So if they feel that it's gone too far past the point to do, you know, um, resolve A, they'll have a resolve B. So, so, so don't stress about it. That It, it will be for them to, to, to suggest to the court what needs to happen next because they're the specialists. Oh. All right. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Um, Charlotte, you are up next. I was married in celebrated uh, following November 2020. Yeah. Divorced going through at the moment. Um, just become available to apply for the final order. Um, with no children. We had a house that sorted out all the finances between us. We sold the property. That's all sorted. I've seen you talk about like a financial order or a consent order. Do I need to get one of those before I apply for the final order? I would always recommend it, Charlotte. Yeah, so what, what your final order will do is just bring your marriage to an end. So that all that means is you can legally remarry. What it won't do is sever all financial ties between you. So what that means in layman's terms is if you don't get your financial order at any point in the future he's able to come back and make a financial claim against you. So if you remarried and you bought a house or whatever, he can come back and make a claim against that. Now, the financial order will then sever those financial ties, which means that you you really are protected then. So my answer would be definitely get the order before you apply for the final order in your divorce. Okay, is that something that has to do through a solicitor? Or can I if it's, yeah, because we'll generally, we'll draft the order and we'll give advice as to whether or not it's fair and reasonable and it's on that basis that the court will then make the order. Okay, because right. I had to look at one form online and it's talking about like disclosing financial information and things. Is that the form? Um, like so I think I think what you're talking about there is the D81. That's the form that we attach to the financial order, but the financial order will be drafted by a solicitor. Right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Charlotte. Bye. Bye. Um, Silvu Jazz, you are next up on my list whenever you're ready. Yeah, uh, okay. To start the D100 form um, on the basis that my wife and I separated that month on the 24th after 11 years and she allowed me to see the kids she basically yeah. blocked me on everything yeah so if you if as long as you have parental responsibility for the children um, then yes you can you can submit your c100 form to the court and what you're asking the court for is a child arrangements order so what you're looking for is a regular framework of contact so that you're able to see your children on a regular basis yeah, because at the moment she moved out her brother with the kids without my... Obviously, she moved the kids from the property without my consent, so... Yeah, yeah. C- right. C- C100 is the way to go. Good luck. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hey. Uh, Lisa Holly, you are next up. Hello. Um, I was just wondering... Um, my kids have gone on an SGO order, two of them. I've got two of them with me. Um... My sister-in-law's got them in there. She's, um, I, it was two years ago, so she's helping me get them back. I was wondering how I go around to do that and how much it's going to cost and what form I'm going to do. So the first thing you need to do is get social services on side. All right, so yeah. I, I would be liaising with your social worker to see if you have... I ha- haven't got none anymore, they've gone. 
Okay, I re- reach out to them, whoever you had before. Reach out yeah. to them to say, look, this is what we're thinking of doing. The SGO is two years old and we really would like to have social services support. Okay? Yeah. And then essentially, I mean, the, the SGO that's in place at the moment, they will have the power to be able to allow you more and more contact. Is that what's been happening, Lisa? Yes, I have. I've yeah. been having them overnight, weekends. It was just... Six weeks holiday, I've been having them staying a week at a time. And I've got Good. my other two kids that live with me full time. Good. But um, two of them that lives with my sister and my sister let me have them when I want. I take them out. I don't need nobody with me anymore. Yeah. And what, why, so, do you, why, yeah. Do you, why do you feel the need to go back to court, Lisa, at the moment? Because it's it been two years. I mean, I would suggest give it another year as a rule yeah. of thumb, sort of three years. And if you're having yeah. all this contact, I, I would just really work on that and build that up. Yeah. That's what I would yeah. do. It's hard because my kids want to come back to me as well. They keep saying, Mum, I want to come back because there's one last 10 and one last five. Okay. So they know and my 10-year-old my keeps going, Mum, I want to come home. Okay. What so about... It's really hard to hear that, and then when they go, yeah. they're really sad, and they yeah. don't want to go, they want to be here. Yeah. What about your sister-in-law reaching out to social services? Is Sorry, she... you're gone then. What was that? What about your sister reaching out to social services? Does she... Is she still in contact with a social worker? Because she's going to have yeah, to give... She... Yeah. yeah, she's got still got a social worker. And okay. I haven't got one so, so get get now. get your sister-in-law to reach out and say, look, you know, we'd like an assessment done to see if we can actually vary the SGO. All right then. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Lisa. Bye bye, Mishi. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. So um, we had a final fact hearing, uh, final order, um, in late two thousand nineteen. Now. Um, Dad has suspended contact duty, he can't afford it. It was in a contact centre supervised, um, but he has suspended it due to the fact he can't afford to fund it anymore. Uh, firstly, I want to ask how long does the um, the order last? Like, what age does it stop? And secondly, do I take it back to court or do I run the risk of if I take it back to court, he could apply again? So the the age child arrangements order you're talking about, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the age at which that stops is sixteen. So once the child gets to sixteen, it's no longer um, applicable. Then, right? How, okay. how, how old is the child now? Ten. Okay, she's so got a long way to go. Yeah, six years. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, and what was your second question? Sorry. So uh, yeah, so dad has suspended contact in the in the centre. Yeah. Um. He had he through lockdown. He decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um. Uh. So do I take it back to court to stop the order, or should I just let it flow? No. No. I mean, if if you want to stop the order, then you can. Um. You know, if if the order isn't being stuck to, or Dad's messing about, or there's no consistency, you don't need the court's permission to do that. You can just stop the order if you feel it's in the child's best interests. Is 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 that is that what you're concerned about? You you want to stop it, but you don't know if you'll get into trouble. Um, no, not not quite that. I just I'm worried about stopping it, and then Dad um, sees my child on the street or whatever when he starts secondary school, and um, approaches him because there's no order in place. Yeah, but that order will still be in place. 
it, oh, right, yeah, yeah, it will still be in place um, because yeah. it it will always be in place until another order's made. Okay, right, okay. so yeah, so Perfect. don't yeah, don't worry about that. It will always be in place. It just won't be effective because his dad's not seeing the child. Yeah. Oh, okay. I understand. Thank All right. You so much. No worries. That's fine. Thanks, Thank Mish. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Lola, you are next up. Oh, it's me and my husband separated for a DV, and uh, he got quite a lot of um, debt on his credit card on his own name. And then now he was saying, I have to pay his debts as well because he done some um, window chains in a house. Is yeah. that true? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, you know, it's difficult for me to answer, Lola, with such a limited information. But if it's matrimonial debts, then you're both um, responsible for those. But if they're his debts, then no. Yeah, just only on his name. Yeah, well, then no. It depends what they were used for. But I wouldn't have thought so, no. Okay, yeah, because he said, oh, he, he done, I paid for the windows and this, so you have to pay as well. But I didn't ask him to do it, and I asked him before. Ah, so that, that's... A window uh, done. Okay, well, that that's slightly yeah. different. If you've got windows that are in the property that you're living in, um, that could be seen as a matrimonial debt then, yes, because you both enjoyed the windows. Okay. So, yeah, I think, okay. yeah, the answer to that could be yes, Lola. So I have to pay all his debts as well. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I just said, if, you okay. know, if if you've enjoyed the windows, then potentially you might have to share the bill for the windows. Okay, okay. I thought just all all his debts. No, no. Okay, thanks no. for that. Trent. All right, Lola. No worries. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Um, bye. Quick question on uh, TikTok: Should the clean break order be signed before the divorce? Absolutely, it should. Um, always make sure that you get that signed before you get your final order. Although to those of you out there that don't have it signed, don't worry too much um, because at the end of the day, you can always get your financial order signed after. So can I go against a child arrangements order that I have been told is enforceable? Um, depends on the circumstances What when you say go against it. You know, we we are at liberty to breach an order if we feel that by sticking to the order, the children or the child will be at risk of harm, will come into some sort of danger. So it, that all depends. Katie, a clean break order is a financial order that will sever all financial ties. And it's called a clean break because there's nothing in it except severing financial ties. So it's just a clean break between the parties. There's no other directions at all. Whereas a normal financial order might be, um, you know, house is sold, proceeds of sale divided between the parties, and then and thereafter there's a clean break. So it's a clean break, just has nothing in it at all, okay? Uh, Mummy Whisperer, what's your question? So I'm just about to start sorting out the finances. Yeah. Um, we, I was with him for 32 years, married for over 25 years. Yeah. Um, I'm just being assessed for CPDSD. I have chronic pain and chronic fatigue, which is making it very difficult for me to go to work. So I'm running my own business instead. Okay. And I have a 12-year-old girl who's just being assessed for autism and ADHD. So that makes it very difficult for me to work after three o'clock. Um, so my problem is that basically I persuaded him to leave um, by saying that I was going to try and earn enough to cover for his rent and everything. And I'm not managing to do that. Um, he doesn't like to budget. I'm not being 
mean or whatever. It wasn't a very good relationship. That would be an understatement. Um, and so we're just about to go into the financial sort out. And I think he's going to try and make me sell the house. But because we have debts from a previous business, if we sell the house, there isn't enough capital for me to be able to buy a house um, or live here. It would be really disruptive to the kids. I'm not saying I want to keep hold of the house. I'm, I'm just saying, um, how likely am I to be able to keep it until my daughter finishes school? She's 12. So you're talking about um oh until she's twelve. You're talking about she's a, twelve now. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about a measure order whereby you're going to buy him out at a later date. Um, that that yes, would or sell it or sell it and then give yeah, him yeah yeah still 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 a measure order. Um, so yeah. y- that will just depend on on the facts of of your of your you know, your circumstances really. I can't answer that um uh, over the Discord. You you'd need yeah. to get some advice from a solicitor on that. But where there's children involved, um, and you're not even asking until eighteen, you're just asking until twelve. Then you know there's every chance that the court will say yes to that. Absolutely. In the I mean that she's 12 now, so I'm asking from 12 until 18. Yeah. Oh, six years, yeah. I mean, well, well, yeah. I mean, that's standard, a measure order standard um, for okay. until children are 18. Um, but as I say, it, 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 we have to look at the bigger picture. So we have to make sure that if a measure order was granted to you, that we're not going to leave him on the street, so to speak. No, he's not on the street, um, He, but he will have to budget. Um, which would be very uncomfortable for him. So he is not going to stop him from being able to buy food or heating or anything basic, but it's going to stop him from being able to buy motorbikes and gadgets and yeah. stuff like that. And, and, and honestly, I would prefer to be completely free and to have the money coming in, but the chronic pain, chronic fatigue and the autistic, autistic child is making it really difficult for me to earn money right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on that, you know, improving. Yeah. But... Um, I think he's going to push for me to move, which is also then going to make me really sick. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he may well push for you to move, but your question then is what are his prospects of success? And if there's a child involved, then that gives you potentially a stronger case for a measure order, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Bye. Um, Samantha, you are up next. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Um, mine's just a very quick one. Um, my no-fault divorce went through um, yeah. last week, yeah. um, which is great, everything moving in the right direction. Yeah. We have things going on with custody of the children, but that's a different scenario. Yeah. Um, he seems very unwilling to sign the clean break order. Everything's been sent to him. He, he's just stalling, stalling, and stalling. If he doesn't sign it, what is my next step? Court, unfortunately. Um, right. because the the courts um, will then have to step in and, and effectively sign that off for you, which is a shame right. because if you've got a clean break order, you don't really want to be going to the hassle of going through the court process. Um, but yeah, in, in a nutshell, Joe, that's what you're going to have to do. No, I mean, this is the thing. It's just, I mean, the, side, the children's side of thing is very messy. He's just stopped all contact and he did that seven months ago. Um, you know, is 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 one of the, is one of those cases where his words and his actions aren't meeting. But from a financial point of view, I'd rather just get that fired away so that we are not connected. And then the only connection he needs to worry about is one between him and his children. Yeah. Um. So right, great. Thanks for that. Well, right. That will be my next step if it continues. Then. All right. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Right. Thanks, you know. Bye. Bye. Quick question on TikTok. So someone's just said, I can't afford the legal fees and I can't afford the court fees. If you can't afford the court fees, let's start with that one 
It's an EX160. All right, so if you go on to the government website, download EX160. They've also got notes so that you can um, uh, read about how to fill out the form. It's very straightforward. The court's going to ask you some questions on that EX160 about your income, and you may qualify for fee remission. Okay, you may qualify for a partial fee remission. Hello, Joey. Um, but that's how you get money off or, or even free court fees. So give that a try. And if you can't afford solicitors fees, which so many people can't, it's absolutely fine. That's why I started this channel. So you can, if it's family law, you can either ask. I've got loads of helpers on the TikTok, on Instagram. There's loads of people doing it, um, answering questions there. We do the Discord here. I'm live every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at five o'clock. You can come into the lounge and ask me a question here if you get stuck along the process we've also got forums we've got over 8,000 people in our discord community now there's lots of forums in there where people ask questions um so yeah there you go um people can help and you don't have to get legal representation you can have a go at doing it yourself all right missy i will end the evening with you how are you um not a question i've received an email of amy yeah um, is it best to email about there's one or two things that are not right? Yeah. Or, or ring her. Um, you can you can ring her, but what are you working tomorrow, Missy? Yeah, until um, half one two. Okay, send the email across to me, um, and let me let me take a look at it first to see where it's not right, and then I'll get Amy to give you a call after two. No problem. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Missy. Oh. Have a good evening, Tracy. You too. Bye. Right, guys, I'm going to sign off. It's after six. Hope you all got something out of that and hope you all enjoyed it. Back here again on Monday. Oh, actually, maybe I'm not back on Monday. Is England playing on Monday? I'm going to have to check. I'm going to have to have a chat with Paddy. I'm going to have to sort out the World Cup games because um, if England are playing, I'm definitely not going to be doing the Discord. Sorry, guys. Um, but for now, anyway, hope all that was, was good this evening. And for those of you listening, I hope that you got something out of that. I'm going to sign off, as I always do, wishing you all well. Stay safe. And I will let you know when I'm going to be back. Shall I just say that? I've got a feeling that they might be playing on Monday. Who knows? Who? Oh, they're playing Tuesday. Thank you. Then in that case, I will be back here five o'clock on Monday. Um, until then, guys, take care and I will speak to you very soon. Bye-bye, Discord.